National Post columnist, journalist, and award-winning author, Christy Blatchford. You have to have more information. You can't say with the little we have what we think. Brought to you by Aaron Weixman and Associates. Questions about your long-term disability claim? Call Aaron at 416-661-4878. Good afternoon, Christy. Hello. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Awesome. I am here with Matt Gurney, your... Uh, my colleague. Your, Your colleague, colleague from the National Post. How are you doing today? Excellent. How are you guys? We're good. good. We're good. We, we, I almost feel as if we got off track when we started talking about marijuana and alcohol just moments ago. But we, if we go back to the very root of our conversation, we're talking about how legal pot should be packaged. The Canadian Cancer Society is jumping into this issue right now saying, well, you just package it like you do with cigarettes. Well, I think that's true. I mean, how, you accept that you do it the way they're thinking of doing it with cigarettes, which is... You know, little branding on the package, plain packages, etc. I mean, if if the restrictions are necessary to stop people from smoking cigarettes, then surely they can be the same for people who want to smoke weed, right? I mean, yeah, it struck me, Christy, as I mean, on the one hand, you've got the 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 health the health goal of the cigarette uh, ads or the cigarette packaging is to get people to stop using that, and I'm not sure if that's going to be the public policy goal. For marijuana, I, I thought maybe a more comparable solution would have been the uh, alcohol ones, which is use it responsibly, use it well, don't go crazy, and here are some of the possible health risks. I guess we'll have to see what they actually mock up, but it just surprised me they'd go cigarettes as opposed to alcohol. I guess so. Um, I think it's tricky, though, because, you know, there, I don't believe there's been nearly as much research into the, you know, just the immediate physical and, and brain effects of chronic marijuana use as there has been into cigarettes. I mean, we all know how bad cigarettes are for you, etc. Um, we also know that booze in uh, big quantities is bad for you, too. Um, I don't know where they should come down, but I, I mean, honest to Pete, the last thing we need to do or should want to do as a society is to encourage people to smoke weed. And if you allow it to be sold as you're selling booze, uh, you know, in our sort of controlled, hideous way in this province, then you're you're encouraging it, I think, tacitly. You're saying it's okay. I think undoubtedly, Christy, probably if only for the money, it will probably end up going through the LCBO or something like that. Well, it. as long as Kathleen Wynne and her government have more money of mine to uh, throw into the toilet, the better. Yeah, exactly. I just want to make her happy. Finally, we got through the heart of the matter here. Whatever we they did. need, we're going to do. <laughs> because they they have our best interests in mind, Matt. Well, they you care. know that. They do. They care. They care deeply. I'm just going to wipe the cynicism off of that one and move <laughs> on to this. Sue Ann Levy's column um, talking about evicting drug dealers from Toronto community housing. What do you think about this? Well, I think it's a good idea, but it's a complicated process. You can't, first of all, you have to prove that somebody is dealing drugs from the place. That means a criminal charge, and that means, as the Supreme Court was talking about last week, it's bound to take, you know, forever and a day to get the case through the courts. You can't just arbitrarily say, well, we think you're dealing drugs, therefore you're going to lose your house. I don't think you can do that. I don't think that's right. You know, it's interesting, Chrissy, I was reading about some of the jurisdictions in the U.S. that have struggled with this. As we know, look, Toronto by no means is perfect, but we don't have the inner city poverty problems that some of the more 
challenging places in the U.S. have had. And one of the rules they've adopted in the U.S. is if you have a criminal record, you don't get into public housing. Well, you know what that has meant for these guys coming out of the prison system, hypothetically rehabilitated. They can't find a place to live. And some of the actual success stories have been putting them in a more controlled environment. Now, obviously, we're talking here about people who are actively involved in the criminal enterprise not having gotten out of prison. But I think on the one hand, we can probably take some of the same lesson from it. You can't take these people and just completely marginalize them. You might solve your uh, housing problem, but you're just going to create a whole bunch of other ones down the yeah, line. Yeah, and I think that's uh, part and parcel of why it's taken as long as it has to come up with an answer. I mean, Sue Ann's column is really all about, you know, nothing's happened in the years since John Tory said he was going to get serious about this. But getting serious about it also has to respect people's rights and it has to be non-punitive and you don't want to punish people, for instance, who are not selling drugs themselves but may share uh, an apartment or a, a, a house with somebody who is. What do you do then? We've all seen The Wire. We know that there's a whole bunch of drop houses. So yep. We're talking about a whole uh -huh. bunch of evictions. Yeah, I don't know. Christy, this is a story that you covered uh, extensively. Could you bring people up to, to speed on that case and then talk about the fact that some, some charges were actually laid based on laws resulting from that? And that, of course, is of Rita Parsons. Oh, sure. Um, this is a, a case where a, a bunch of uh, young men in uh, Nova Scotia have been charged with distributing pornographic images. Uh, I don't unless I've misread the story, I don't think the story is about pictures of Retea Parsons, right? No, it was, uh, they were exchanging <laughs> images of their girlfriends. Right, yeah, well, I mean, good, charge them. I mean, who, first of all, who takes pictures? I know everyone does, but don't allow yourself to be photographed when you're naked. That's a really great rule for a, a young man or a young woman. Don't let it happen, because somewhere along the line, somebody's going to be annoyed with you, and they're going to punish you by sending it to a friend and that friend may not have the same regard for you that the original person once did or whatever. It's too complicated. It's dangerous. Don't send or allow yourself to be taken naked in a picture. Only bad things will happen. And that does not get these young men off the hook. I mean, you send that stuff around, you are putting it out there forever. You are ruining a young woman's good name forever. You know, and these are kids. They, they don't realize it. In my day, you know, you could probably pose for a Polaroid for somebody naked. And, it, you know, A, it would be a crappy picture anyway. B, it would disappear in a couple of weeks, uh, practically. And they'd have to show it hand to hand. Now they just flick a switch and, or cl click something and it's online. And the world sees it and you're done. It's unbelievable, Christy, the cruelty. It was not never intended as such, but the cruelty of giving kids a camera that is combined with an email device and not expecting something bad to happen. No, I quite agree, but I don't know. I mean, the you know the genie is long out of the bottle in this one. Absolutely. Uh, so you yeah. can't take the technology away. You just have to teach your children well, now, especially while, your girls. While we do see a certain pocket of, of age groups, you know, obviously everybody does this, but obviously where this bullying has happened with a, with a 17-year-old girl, is there an age that's too young to start? Or do we start at the very bare minimum that a kid has a cell phone to start teaching them about stuff like this? Oh, I think you have to, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have kids, so it's easy for me to say, but I would live in terror if I were the parent of a young person now. Way Be ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I bet. Christy, thank you for talking to us today. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Christy has been brought to you by Aaron Waxman and Associates. When your long-term disability claim has been denied, email awaxman at awaxmanlaw.ca.